Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. I'm your host, Matt Pierce, and we are putting a capper on our NFL Season 3 on this podcast um, with uh, wrapping up the Super Bowl talks. So one of the, one of the, what will go in the books as probably the second worst Super Bowl in the history of the 53 Super Bowls that I've taken. But I will always look back fondly on this Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl where I won a shitload of dimes because uh, of of all the under props that I had. So I very much enjoyed this this crappy, crappy, uneventful game. Um, joining me is Bill Needles. How's it going, Bill? Going just fine, thank you. All right, good to have you. And uh, Craig Needles is also here. Craig, happy Austin Matthews signing day, bud. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, I've obviously a little more money than I thought in a five-year mm-hmm. deal, but... Um... Uh, the Leafs are going to have Austin Matthews and John Tavares at their center for the next six playoff runs, so that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. I mean, it's it's the smart move. It just is. I saw that contract and I'm like, hey, they overpaid, but it's Austin Matthews, so who cares? He's the guy you should overpay. <laughs> that well, that right? like the the overpays are a problem mm-hmm. when you're overpaying like the bottom part of your roster, the middle part. Of, like like exactly. has anyone ever looked at Ovechkin's contract during this Crosby. little run or Crosby and be like, oh, that guy's making too much. He's really killing their cap. No, yeah. that's not the issue. It's the the middle guys. That's where you screw up. Now, are you? Uh, are, is there any pause for concern on the Mitch Marner thing? Because I do look at that the, this deal and feel like uh, Matthews might have just shipped a bunch of money to to Mitch Marner. No, no. Um, I think they have a variety of options with Marner, and I think that Marner's family is smart enough to know that yeah, maybe you pay less taxes in Florida. But off-ice money is a thing, and if you are on the Leaf team that wins the Stanley Cup next, mm-hmm. that is that will be a license to print money for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's true. Um, Canadian money, though. Uh, still. <laughs> still. You hey, it. if you can print, it doesn't matter what country it's from. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, go go, go get it, is, is what I say. Um, just from where we're sitting right now, just we'll, we'll quickly uh, discuss. I, I just want to quickly talk mention two things. Uh, one... Uh, what would uh, you consider a disappointment for this Leaf season? Uh, first round loss? I think any, anything um, less than that. Would... I think anything other than winning the Stanley Cup, losing in the Stanley Cup Finals, or losing a very close second round series to Tampa Bay mm-hmm. would upset me. Okay, so like obviously first round loss is worst case. Scenario. Devastating. Like that, Devastating. that would be something that would be not so great. Um, oh, jeez, I forget the other thing I wanted to bring up. Ah, God, I'm stupid. Oh, must not have been important. Uh, all right, moving along. Um, Patriots, do it again. Uh, I was the only one of the three of us who picked the Patriots to win this. You guys were both on the Rams side of things. Um, I guess the weirdest thing about this Super Bowl is the fact that Josh McDaniels and Sean McVay, the two hotshot young offensive coaches, just got completely outclassed by two dudes in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like I, I, the possibility of Wade Phillips having this kind of game. I considered mm-hmm. the possibility of Bill Belichick having this kind of game. I considered. I never thought that. Hey, what if both guys just like mm-hmm. essentially throw no hitters, and that's basically what happened. Yeah, like Wade. Like Wade, they were incredible. 
Like, what does Wade Davis say to to like what? What does he say to Sean McVay after the game? He goes just, just something like cat, like like just super passive aggressive, like just walk up to him, like, hey, what's up, Guru? After the game or <laughs> like, something like that, right? Like, I uh, you Guru well, nothing. McVay, <laughs> McVay said in his post game newser, "Look, I got a coach today." Mm-hmm. Now, and that is true. Bill Belichick and and the team did do a fantastic job defensive game planning, but I think that we have to talk a little bit about there were like Jared Goff had a few chances and Jared Goff made some really, really, really bad choices during that game. Yeah. And look, I don't, that's not the takeaway credit from Bill Belichick and the Patriots defensive game plan people, Brian Flores and the whole gang. That's, that's not takeaway credit from them. They did a fantastic job, but Goff took a couple of sacks. He never should have taken. There were just some really, really bad. The interception was abysmal. Yeah. That yeah. was a bad that, that that was a bad throw. Um, the 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 throw that went off Cook's hands in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Cooks was open earlier in that oh, route. Yeah. And if Goff throws yeah, that ball get there. Earlier, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. McCourty yeah. was able so, to fly with the weight of the zero sixteen season weighing him down too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was just. Um, <sighs> it was just uh, really not a great game for Jared Goff and people said oh he shrunk in the moment well no they were down two scores in New Orleans he managed to come back and win there and that was a pretty big moment too uh so Goff played poorly but Goff has been inconsistent for the back half of the season so that should have been a shocker it was a kind of a combination of Goff playing poorly and the the Rams I mean the excuse me the Patriots defensive game plan just being phenomenal I mean uh if Jared Goff's numbers I mean, the, the weird thing that they have, like the, the weird kind of litmus test that they have that basically tells, just if you get it down to one number, tells you whether or not you're an average quarterback, is if your average yards per completion uh, is above seven. Basically, seven is the is the magical number that the, the math guys have figured out. So, so if you're, for your career, you average more than seven yards downfield, for pass completions, it basically means you're a good quarterback. Anything less than seven means you're a bad quarterback. Jared Goff, uh, in the four playoff games that he has played, is right at seven yards uh, per completion. So, I mean, it, it's just there that when they, they – so I mean, obviously not a large sample size, but it just lets you know that in the playoffs he, he can be kind of clamped down on a little bit. And, and it was the game plan that the Patriots obviously had was – we got to get. We can't let these guys run on us. We can't get play act. We can't let them get into that play action. We've got to turn uh, Goff into a drop back passer because he's not a drop back passer. And I don't know. It's just watching him try to go through the progressions and just being completely unable to do so. A lot of that is he's up against the greatest quarterback or greatest quarterback. Greater. Well, he is. Against, oh, he was up against the greatest quarterback of all time, but he was also up against bar none. Uh, the greatest coach in the history of. And I'm going to go beyond the NFL here. The greatest coach in the history of sports. Uh, Bill Belichick, and quite frankly, I don't think it's close. And um, I think when Belichick retires, we have to rename the Lombardi Trophy the Belichick because this is this is a fucking joke at this point. But Lombardi is not even in Belichick's league. Like Lombardi, if he drafted the guys, he had them for forever. He never had to deal with free agency or roster turnover or anything. And uh, let the past be the past, and we should rename that trophy the the Belichick. It's 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 ridiculous. Like he just he, he fed McVay, who everybody in the league was like, this guy's so good. Anyone who's ever talked to him, hire him as a coach. And and Belichick fed him his lunch in this in this Super Bowl. It was ridiculous. Right. Now, Belichick's not going to be able to do that every time. 
Andy yeah. Reid put up 31 against him two weeks ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now that said, now that that's that's something I I, I wanted to. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That re- doesn't that really show the chasm of talent that is the difference between Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes. Both. Yeah, I teams, think that's fair to say. Both of those teams were shut out in the first half, and then Andy Reid was basically able to go, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this, 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 and this, and you have the talent to to get us to be able to do this, 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 and this. And the Chiefs were able to make a run in that second half just because Mahomes is 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 so goddamn excellent that, that they were able to make it a game and get it to overtime, whereas Jared Goff just couldn't do a, a, a damn thing. Because if you're talking he, – he, that man, that man can't do three-step drops. And I really think that the rant, like McVeigh has to seriously sit there and consider if he wants to hitch his wagon to Goff. I think that's a very, very significant thing that, that they have to think about over the next year and a half or two years or whatever it is. You know what, Goff's – and he's proven this this year. He's a good enough quarterback when he has a solid run game mm-hmm. where his pocket isn't collapsing immediately. Um, and the play action is freezing linebackers, and that wasn't exactly. happening very if, much. If you throw a play action and, you, yeah, you freeze a couple linebackers, you throw over the flat, you can make something happen. But when they have this situation where everyone knew Jared Goff was going to drop back, they just collapsed on him. Like, they didn't have a chance. Without that run game, Goff is a mediocre quarterback. And we talked about it a little on, on when we did our preview podcast about the game that the Patriots had to be just thanking – um, well, I don't want to say God, but thanking Satan that um, they weren't facing the Saints because, like, like they could have just run real well stat- wheel routes in English to Alvin Kamara all day, and there wouldn't have been a goddamn thing the Patriots can do- could do about it because their linebackers were too damn slow. But all yeah. of a sudden, it was like, oh, um, there's C.J. Anderson, who, while being a quality running back, you're not exactly sending him out there for his speed, and Todd Gurley, who. Like it, like I, I fully expect the Los Angeles Rams to get fined because we're gonna, we're gonna hear that like Gurley had like a torn meniscus or something that they didn't report because it's just like like there's no other explanation for the way they they played him in that game. It just made the no Rams sense. Had a fantastic scheme and they were out schemed. You can't really out scheme incredibly talented running backs like in New Orleans, you know, and just incredibly talented people. It's very it's harder, I should say, to scheme them. I mean, it, it, it was like Craig. What do you make of the fact that like they only use like how many carries? I got I gotta have it right here in front of me. How many carries did he actually get? Gurley, Gurley. ten, ten, ten carries, and it was only for like thirty six yards or whatever, right? But 35. I know it was less than sixty eight and a half. That's what I really. <laughs> yeah, well, which that, uh, we'll, we'll bring that up because you you had that as one of your one of your five, and you hit that right on the head. Um, but like. He had the one sixteen yard, uh, the sixteen yard run where he looked like Gurley, and it was like just keep feeding him, and and yeah, they just didn't. It also looked like um, in the the couple of drives that New England actually had success was like when they were hurrying up and not really thinking about it. So maybe it was a case of they 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 overthought themselves into oblivion in, instead of just kind of maybe staying within themselves. Because I don't think the Rams look better than than. Basically, Brandon Cooks made that catch at the sideline. I think it was Brandon Cooks. Anyway. Somebody made a, on the Rams made a catch at the sideline. That wasn't a catch, but because the Patriots already used the timeout, yeah. Belichick was like gun-shy about throwing the flag, and the Rams just got up to the line and were like, quickly run a play, and then yep. and they were actually getting like seven yards a clip. Like, it so was just, Woods. Yeah, yeah, that was Woods. Robert Woods. Robert but Woods, yes, right. was that, that was like their, one, the one of their like two good drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that drive wound up with the interception, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, Which, ah. again. 
they could have got three out of that pretty easily. He threw off his back foot, barely looking like yeah, just a awful. just a dumb thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Goss to the worst two plays he made in that were. Um, Obviously, the interception was was unconscionably and, bad, and the sack on the third and oh, two. Oh God, that yeah, was probably the worst play of the game. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I thought I, that was just, and he had like, he had a ton of time. He's just running around like and three opportunities uh, to just throw it away too. Yeah, right. Like oh. whatever, you're go for it on fourth down. Yeah. If this is you know what I mean, like and just, it was still just three to three at that point too. Yeah. I think right. So yeah. they could have taken the lead if might have been three nothing. Yeah, for that exactly. Yeah, either way, uh, go for it on fourth down. If you just so just throw it away and go for it in the next play, like just whatever you know, it doesn't matter now. But it was uh, that was one of the more frustrating moments in the game. Yes, Sharps came in and hammered uh, New England minus two and a half right before the game started and got it down to New England minus uh, two. Or sorry, so taking a path on this football game, man. Yeah, um, he took a path on this football game. Uh, well. Vegas cleaned up, obviously, because they uh, did. They, I thought I, I thought that all the public money was on New England. Oh, all the public money was on New England, but in, the, in terms of the props, they absolutely cleaned up because uh, the casual because all overs. Yeah, yeah casual yeah. money's all on, always on overs, right? Yeah. Because people don't want to bet, you know, unders because that's not the sexy thing to cheer for is no yards and no touchdowns and a bunch of punts and stuff like that. Yeah, fair um, enough. They cleaned up on the props, but like all the sharp money and all the public money was like, so they lost. A, they they I don't I still I still think Vegas like broke even on the money line, but in terms of the props, they they just fucking cleaned up like you wouldn't believe. Um, now, in the history of football, nobody has rooted for punts in the Super Bowl quite like the crossover podcast zone, Bill Needles. So <laughs> huge punt fan, Bill. Just, I got it. Like, you get, give it to me, bud. How, how much did you like? Was, was this a lucrative Super Bowl overall for you? You know what? I didn't bet a heck of a lot, but I hit almost everything I bet. So, I, again, it was a lot of unders. So, absolutely, I made a bit of money. And Sonny Michelle's two-yard touchdown was the heck of a lot shorter than the 54-yard punt that Johnny uh, yeah. Johnny Hecker had in the first quarter. So, that therefore, was, you're like, there. To me, the two most exciting moments of the of the of the of the actual uh, Super Bowl, and th- this is just from a selfish perspective, where when Johnny Hecker set the record for longest punt in Super Bowl history or whatever, and Romo and Nance were just like, "Woo, something to talk about." Right? Yeah. <laughs> and the other was the seemingly me- seemingly meaningless Greg Zerline field goal lineup at the end of. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was profitable for Bill and I. Oh, that meant- God, and all three of us, boy, because like basically, I. I now, I, I, I obviously, uh, I, and on this podcast, I suggested we take the under on everything in the first half, and which, you know, you didn't have to sweat even a bead. <laughs> by, like, the fourth drive, you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't, yeah, you didn't have to sweat one bead of sweat in order, during that bet. But then, I, I was a little PO'd that I got talked into the over, but, like, I, I was listening to a lot of the podcasts, like, um you know, one of the gambling podcasts that's a major influence on this one is, is Cousin Sal's Against All Odds and, and, and whatnot. Um, and those guys were all on the over. And then Aaron Schatz, who's who's just a brilliant – he's one of the guys, the creators like Football Outsiders. He like, And uh, he's one of the math guys. He was on Twitter saying that this game's going to go over cause, just because, like, the math on all of the – you know, on, on the offense numbers and just the brilliance of both these guys was just through the roof, I would imagine. And, uh, you know, so they were saying over, over, over. So I kind of was like, well, there's smarter people than me saying take the over. But even though I was sitting there going like, 
I really think this is going to be an ugly Super Bowl that the Patriots end up winning. Um, so I kind of talked myself into the, I, I kept all my under bets and then went like, well, I'll, I'll kind of hedge by just overall taking the over and then hope that like the first half sucks and the second half doesn't. And then just, I watched that game and I went into the action network and what, which just an excellent, uh, live betting sports app, by the way. Uh, I suggest you guys check that out. Free plug. Um, and then I, I just took the under on the third quarter, and I took the under on the fourth quarter as well. And they actually lowered the fourth quarter because it was 3-3. Three to three. I don't even think it was 3. Didn't they tie it up? Like, it was still 3 nothing going into the fourth, or was it 3-3? Three to three? It was 3-3 three, three going into it was the fourth. 3-3 three, three going into the fourth. So they lowered it. Obviously, it was 17.5 in the – or, sorry, it was 16.5 in the first quarter, 16.5 in the second quarter. Then they lowered it to 13.5 for the third quarter. And I still took the under, and again, wasn't even a sweat. And then they lowered it, if you guys can believe it or not, to ten and a half for the for the fourth quarter. And I was like, nope, under. So the Patriots scored ten fourth quarter points. You know, so that was probably the first B to sweat that <laughs> came out. And then Greg Zerline was lining up for that punt, and I was just like, oh, please no. <laughs> he missed it wide left, and I was like, greatest Super Bowl ever. <laughs> Oh, good. And then uh, you guys were telling me, didn't you? Didn't you say you had the under three and a half field goals or whatever yep. the, the heck it was, yeah. right? So, so if he hits that, we lose money. So obviously, we, we like we all weren't in the same room, but the three of us were spiritually holding hands. And <laughs> Greg Zerline lined up for this meaningless punt, and as he walked up, he seemed very disinterested, right? Like he was like, "All right, I'll just kind of go out there and swing my leg. I don't really aim or anything, right?" And then he just did it, and he missed it. I was like, "Jesus, that was so exciting!" <laughs> What's the meaning? field goal at the end of the game god um yeah i mean i'm gonna look back on, on this super bowl as, as one of the more profit i think this is the second most profitable super bowl because i had the under on damn near everything um other than the the infamous uh, new york giants 2011 super bowl where i had that giant bet on the giants at 50 to 1 um yeah i mean how was it for you there uh, craig uh, mostly good. Uh, like I made a little bit of money. I, uh, had the under on the field goal bet, had the under on Todd Gurley. Those both paid. I, I actually wound up not betting the Jared Goff thing at the last minute. So that was a good decision because he missed those 289 yards. Uh, I, um, I had the Rams on the money line, which obviously did not work out. Um, but I had a, and I had, I had Brandon cooks to score the first touchdown. So, uh, that would have been a very, very nice moment at my party. Cause a bunch of people had that yeah. Brandon cooks score the first touchdown. So that would have been very fun if he had caught that ball. Uh, but there were a few other, um, a few other, uh, a few other bets that I hit. So I was, I, I, I made money. Um, who was the lucky person to scoop the first and last touchdown? board at, at at your super bowl party with did not wind up doing a board we did all our bets online oh okay all right so that's good because usually uh we, we used to always do the the first and last touchdown board which uh, basically you know whoever had sony michelle would have scooped the whole damn thing so that would that would have mm-hmm. been all right <laughs> probably had the best odds is that fair yeah he had the lowest number mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but like, yeah, when you're running that thing, you don't expect Sony Michelle to be the score the only touchdown of the game, obviously. Which brings me to some of the more lucrative uh, props that actually came through. Um, exact number of touchdowns was uh, one was plus five thousand. You guys, that's a big one. Uh, Rams not scoring a touchdown was plus two thousand. Uh, Tom Brady's first pass attempt to be an interception was plus twenty six hundred. Wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have paid. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julian Edelman winning the uh, Super Bowl was plus, uh, or winning the Super Bowl MVP was plus uh, 2,000. I actually had a dollar on that on one of the websites, so that was kind of fun. That was just probably just me fucking around going like, yeah, $1 on this guy, $1 on this guy there. And then, because if you think about it, if I actually like thought about it for two seconds, like so, I'm not going to claim that I was some super genius because I put a dollar on Ju- Julian Edelman or whatever. Because if you actually think about it, this was the one one and only scenario in which Julian Edelman is going to win a Super Bowl, is going to win the Super Bowl MVP and have it not be stolen by Tom Brady, right? Because Julian Edelman, if it, like any any Super Bowl where Julian Edelman puts up a bunch of numbers, you theoretically believe that Tom Brady is also going to have a buttload of numbers right to mm-hmm. and then get the super bowl um we need to stop this julian edelman hall of fame nonsense yeah that's dumb yeah, yeah. incredibly dumb tom brady's taking advantage of that position and whoever's playing it for a long time it's just dumb because like if if we're gonna put julian edelman in the nfl hall of fame then we've got to put Robert Ory in the NBA Hall of Fame, and we've got to put Chris Osgood in the NHL Hall of Fame, and it's it just it, yeah, it's it's just so silly. At no point would it would is is Edelman ever been like a top five receiver in the league or whatever? I mean, he's a damn good football player. He's just he's not a Hall of Famer, and who cares? Because he's going to retire with three or four rings or whatever the hell it is, and now a Super Bowl MVP. So, um, yeah, he's just he he's absolutely not a Hall of Famer. He, he just, he absolutely isn't. But I, uh, like, if I were to play devil's advocate on this, Craig, um, because, uh, like, unlike the other three major sports, well, I, actually, I guess baseball would be, would be included, but, um, so few teams make the, the NFL playoffs every year. Um, does that mean that his playoff numbers actually carry more weight than regular season numbers? Like, like, what say you? Uh, no, not, no, not, a, not at all. Like, all right. uh, no, like, no, it, it, it's such a dumb debate. Like, think about all the receivers over the years that have had better careers than Julian Edelman that aren't mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame at all. Like, this, yeah. this is, this is, this is stupid. And, and this is how, like, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame debates, I think, sometimes for these types of guys can come down to one thing. If Julian Edelman was on another team, would we be talking about this at all? Literally any other team in the NFL. No, I don't think so. I think he'd, he'd be a... He'd be he'd be like, like, like he's like Butch Goring. Yeah. yeah, he's like Butch Goring being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. If he was on any other team, yeah, during the stretch of his career, joke, yeah. no, no, not even close, not even close. But he happens to get on the New York Islanders. Oh, okay, we'll let him in. Yeah, like, a, a, oh, yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. And like for and like Calvin Johnson and and Julian Edelman kind of came in during the same era. If Calvin Johnson was on the the Patriots. The playoff numbers he would be putting up would be astronomical, right? Like for the amount, if he played the amount of playoff games with Brady and and uh, and Belichick, right? Like, like yes. the, the numbers would be would be unconscionable, right? <laughs> right? Like it's it's ridiculous. Um, first penalty enforced being unsportsmanlike or personal was plus five fifty, which was I believe the uh, was it not the Roby Coleman call or whatever that was like uh, two weeks too late didn't he get the first penalty of the game that uh, like, that like, I, I, which one was that completely bs like uh pass interference call or whatever they kept the first patriots drive alive before oh yeah or something like terrible. that it was just it was bunk 
Um, Gatorade color blue was plus 400. Good lord. <laughs> uh, wow, the Rams having under one and a half sacks was only plus 125? I guess that makes sense because Brady's so good at getting rid of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Although, yeah, he took a few, but... Actually, no, he didn't. He only took one. Well, it was only one, so Goff took three or four. Or God, yeah, Goff got sacked four times. That was one of Craig's... Uh, one of Craig's five that he recommended was the, the over sack one, three and a half sacks. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it was really low. It was three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and and they and uh, New England got there on on their own. A lot of those were like Goff was scrambling sacks, right? Like we we mentioned the one that was just uh, uh, pure nonsense. Um, <laughs> the uh, the national anthem. I mean, Gladys Knight went uh, way over there on that. She was over by like, she was like 201, I think was the official uh, anthem time. And it was like 148 was the, uh, the closing odds. I mean, it was, it was an excellent anthem. I thought uh, I, I didn't have any serious money on the anthem. Uh, what was your take on the halftime show, Craig? It's fine. Like I, I don't the people get upset about the halftime show. Like why, why it just yeah. why, like, well, why do you like, it, it was fine. It was fine. Like I, I, I did think this was legitimately bad, unlike last year when everybody bagged on Justin Timberlake, and I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" It was, it was, it was perfectly adequate, right? <laughs> like it was, it was a, it was a fine thing. It's just, um, I don't know. Maroon Five is apparent. Apparently, I'm not a big concert guy, but I, or so I've read on the internet, is uh, Maroon Five and Adam Levine are notoriously bad live. Like apparently, they're not worth the price price of admission. Um, everything I saw on that halftime show seemed to back that up. It, it was not great, but I mean, I don't think who could we throw out there that like the internet wouldn't just complain about anymore. Like who, who like, there's like what five acts that we could throw out there that Rihanna, but she didn't want to do it. Yeah. Rihanna's um, one Beyonce's another. I mean, I guess your boy Springsteen, if you threw him out there would, uh, I would yeah. say that, that the answer to that would be, yeah, people would be fine with that. Yeah, people, uh, yeah. But people will complain about Beyonce, though, because uh, of the, uh, uh, the, the the racist yeah. element of things. And, oh, Beyonce has political opinions, and, and nobody wants that from well, black people. yeah, I suppose. Um, but, like, but here's the thing. Beyonce has that, like, cadre of fans on the internet that shout so much louder than even the racist yes. people do on Twitter, Fair. right? So, yes, um, and, and yeah. understandably so. That's why she has a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she would have been... I'm just trying to think if there's someone else out there who I would think to myself, oh, that would be a, a choice for halftime that would make sense, that would have enough hits, that would be safe. Um, it's small. Yeah, like, like, yeah it's, it's not. It's, it's not. Like, it's not a huge number. Ariana Grande. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, obviously, jokes. I mean, I. I don't. I'm not exactly familiar with Ariana Grande's music. I'm not exactly young, hip, and edgy. But uh, <laughs> I would. I would imagine that uh, she'd do all right. But uh, would they want to go that uh, new with the with the NFL like that kind of recent? Because um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, I, yeah. I guess you want someone who has maybe more name value. Maybe I, I'm just wondering, does she have the name value for the NFL? Because I mean, they, they're like, who's been like the young, like kind of the younger, the, this new kind of millennial generation, like Katy Perry, I guess is, is yeah. the closest you would come to. Kind that of one that. was most famous for a dumb dancer. For yeah, for a person in a shark outfit. Although that was a perfectly fine performance as well, right? Like, like it's just. None of these are, like, I actually think this Maroon 5 one was actually bad. Like, I'll come out and say that I think this Mar- this Maroon 5 one was bad, and all the other Super Bowl halftime shows that people have claimed are bad are just people complaining for the sake of complaining. 
<laughs> like, it's just... I don't know. Um, ooh, Fole, Foles voided his option today. Uh, yeah, of course so he did. That. Yeah, yeah, we, we had kind of talked about that earlier this week that the... Uh, Basically, the Eagles picked that option up, so Mick Foles have to give them $2 million bucks. Yeah, <laughs> which is, isn't there something not right about that? that well, they, Nick Foles signed the contract, way? man. Like, fair, fair. <laughs> don't, yeah. no, don't, don't cry for Nick Foles. Like, this is, oh, yeah. Like, he signed that contract thinking to mm-hmm. himself, Hey, if the, literally the exact scenario plays out that just did, mm-hmm. I get to become a free agent and cash in big time yeah. with yeah. this deal. And the Eagles are thinking to themselves, okay, if we really, really, really want to keep Nick Foles, we have at least a chance to do that with this option. So there's like it, – it, the, the contract made sense with both parties. Yeah, I mean, it's just – and it's, yeah, there's no reason to feel sorry for the, the two – Million, excuse me, that Nick Foles had to cough up just because, uh, you know, when he gets $60 million guaranteed from, like, the fucking Giants, right? Like, don't cry for me, Argentina. He's going to be perfectly fine, I think, that uh, that Nick Foles. Um, let's talk about some of the bets that we made. Um, Bill, you were the only guy who got your lock of the, of the Super Bowl ready, or got the lock of the Super Bowl ready. You had total touchdowns under six and a half. <laughs> it boy. was under one and a half. <laughs> yeah, boy, were you right? <laughs> so Could have been more right. Uh, Craig, you had golf over over uh, two hundred eighty-five. Yeah, which yards. I did. Which I wound up talking myself out of after this podcast, not actually <laughs> betting on. I had shortest touchdown under one and a half as my lock, which is probably going to be my my lock of the Super Bowl in perpetuity. And you know, I was watched that one or two yards. The Michelle score. It was two, and I oh. watched that Gronk catch, and I was at the mercy of the spot. And he could have been spotted at the one and a half yard line. And that, that one could have been one of those one and a half yard plunges that goes in there for the for the shortest TD. So I feel like I got hosed on that one, to be perfectly honest. Um, the Tony Romo correct, the seven and a half that I picked is my silly bet, I think got taken purely off. I think that got taken right off the board. Um, and you could tell that Romo kind of knew because he, he was saying stuff like, Oh, I wouldn't throw the ball on this play, right? Which is, like, not really calling the play, but also kind of, sort of. So, like, the second he said that, I'm like, God, they're just going to take the that, that bet off the board, which I'm pretty sure they did because I, uh, I, I couldn't find anyone claiming, like, seven and a half correct or whatever. Um, I do believe that they mentioned GOAT, so you got that right, Bill. Nice. You got your silly. Um, subject was hatless. Repeat, hatless. Uh, that was one of my favorite bets. Yeah, when uh, I felt good that I got it right. Yeah, Adam Levine came out there with no hat, so Craig got that one right. Uh, under on the first quarter was one of my uh, please make this bets, and uh, boy, and how. Um, Bill, you missed on the uh, on the under one and a half interceptions with that late golf uh, yeah. nonsense. It kind of felt like the first throw of the game and the last throw of the game were interceptions, right? <laughs> so it was kind of like, God damn it. Uh, yeah, I mean, after the first one was, I kind of was already sweating. You know? Yeah. Um, Gurley under 70 and a half rush yards. Craig, all over that one. Um, under on the first half points, 26 and a half, even money. Yep. Uh, yep that Pierce right there. Um, Jared Goff, I believe, was under 24 completions. Uh, yeah, he was 19. That was uh, that was Bill. Um, Cooks to win MVP, 40 to one. Uh, we, we just missed out on that guy. Honestly, if he had squeezed that touchdown, it would have been he, him. Yeah, I, I think it would have yeah. been too. He went although, up with 120 yards. He makes that catch. He probably wins MVP. Uh, yeah, and although, he and I and I would have my first touchdown bet would have paid. Yeah, that would have just tied the game though, wouldn't it have? Or was it? No, that would have put them up. That would have put the Rams up 10 to three. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. It might have been seven to three. 
Sorry, would have been seven to three. Either way, would have put the Rams ahead. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if he squeeze, if he squeezed that, that would have been right there for you. Because like, I mean, there was a lot of talk of like the punters being the. There was a lot of talk of like the punters being the the fucking MVPs and whatnot, and I was just like, kill me now, <laughs> right? But basically, at a certain point, I think about with like two minutes left in the third quarter, the, the only honestly it was i it was looking like julian edelman was going to be the uh mvp regardless like it might like if the uh rams had a one say six to three or something like that you honestly might have had to given had to had have gone to give it to julian edelman even though it was in a losing effort right like it was it was some kind of awful um i had the over for the game which i god i i really wish i ah i really i really uh shouldn't have done that i i just Second guess myself. Uh, Rams third down conversions, Bill. Uh, not so much. Uh, you had uh, five and a half. They were three for thirteen. So like it was there for them. That's yeah, insane, they, they faced enough third downs. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Um, and then Craig had the over on three and a half sacks, which the Patriots got there on their own. So that that was really good. Um, yeah. I I mean I don't I don't really have have much to to talk about. Now the last thing I I'll kind of mention, Craig. Are you are you? You've had some pushback over the years, but are you are you willing to concede that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time just yet? Uh, I don't know. Like mm. I I keep coming back to this, and and like yeah, I I don't know if anything's going to change. And obviously the longevity is a huge a huge point in his favor. Mm-hmm. But they they Belichick mm-hmm. is the greatest coach. Ever. I think that much yeah, is clear. In sports, in the history of sports, yeah. period. Would Tom Brady have won three Super Bowls if he was with a different organization? He, he wouldn't have won this one. Would he have won four? Like, do we, do we, yeah. do, like, he, he never wins six. And yeah. Bill Belichick probably doesn't win six. They don't find Tom Brady at pick 199, of course. But, but that's not the... Like I just have a hard time declaring Tom Brady unquestionably the greatest quarterback of all time mm-hmm. when he had, without a doubt, the best circumstances and in infrastructure around him that any quarterback of my lifetime has had, except I for mean, perhaps Joe Montana. But like, how many teams, if you ignore quarterback position, how many teams were more skilled than the Patriots this year? Uh, Five or six. I would. Uh, Kansas City for sure, New Orleans for sure, probably the Rams. The Rams. If you're no yes. quarter, if you just you're looking at roster and not yeah. quarterback and coach. Chargers. Chargers definitely. Yep. Yeah. Um. I mean, you might say Steelers if you're just looking at skill position players and stuff like that. You might. Know yeah, I, I, I had think a weird that, old season, but yeah, like yeah. if you're looking at the names on the roster, like at the, you you might say Steelers. Like you, you just. Point being, yes, he's got you know the greatest mm-hmm. coach, um, but it's not like he's surrounded with pure talent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look at some of the teams that Peyton Manning had, that Aaron Rodgers had, and they had way more talent than Tom Brady's team did this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like I mean, Manning and, and and Brady have 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 always elevated, you know, lesser dudes like like anyone who's ever played fantasy football knows like. Dallas Clark was like a fucking stud at tight end, right? And, and <laughs> because uh, Peyton Manning was so goddamn good, like those guys, those guys have uh, like, and Brady's done it too. Like Brady's elevated guys to be like fantasy, you know, 
just fantasy studs and whatnot. And I realize fantasy football is probably not the greatest, uh, you know, uh, measure of success. But I think it, it just warrants being mentioned that, you know, nameless guys have, have become draftable in, in those scenarios because of those two guys. I mean, Rodgers did it a little bit, but I mean, that, that would be the thing that you would say, like anytime, you know, you, you want to mention Rodgers among the greats of like Manning and uh, Brady. I mean, who, who the hell is Rodgers ever really elevated to be damn good, right? Like, uh, but, you know, we're, we're talking about Julian Edelman apparently being a Hall of Famer, because which he is absolutely not, because Tom Brady is just so goddamn good, and they get to the playoffs yeah. every year, and just like... But I think like, you know it's scheme when mm-hmm. he's catching balls wide open all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Like, obviously, he knows where to sit. He's good at reading the defense. Uh, He is good at that, absolutely. But the fact that he's just catching wide-open footballs from Tom Brady is not that impressive. Well, I read somewhere that um, basically in the NFL, um, if you're you're clear, like, basically the the cornerbacks and the the people covering the receivers are so good that they're within one yard of you at all times. So if you're 1.1 yard clear of a guy, that's considered open in the national football league and on all of his pat, basically on his passes uh, in the super bowl, Julian Edelman was like 3.3 yards clear every time. So like, just like astronomically open in, in terms of in, in, in NFL terms. Like it's just, it was, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the man, it, it was, it was so good, but like, to, like to bring it to your point there, Craig, um, Tom Brady doesn't win this Super Bowl if Bill Belichick isn't his coach. No. Right? Like, it's like they, they get they, – if Bill Belichick isn't the coach and they come out and score – If the Patriots points, and Colts right? swapped – if the Patriots and Colts swapped quarterbacks in 2001, mm-hmm. do the Patriots win fewer Super Bowls? I don't th- – I don't think so. No. Well, maybe yeah. they're not winning. Maybe they don't win this year's because, mm-hmm. you know, Peyton's a little bit older and his yeah. body didn't last a little long, as long. But, hell, maybe they, they wound up going 18-0. Maybe Peyton has a better game in the Super Bowl than Tom Brady did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, I, I just, the idea that, like, if, if the Packers and Patriots traded quarterbacks six years ago. Yeah. Did the Patriots win three Super Bowls in the last six years? Yeah. Probably. probably. They yeah. probably do. Mm-hmm. So I just have a hard time saying, oh, the Super Bowls, that's what makes Tom Brady the best when he has the like clearly the best infrastructure. Tom Brady is clearly one of the like he's on the upper echelon. And to, to me, if you want to like the Mount Rushmore is still the same. It's Manning, it's Elway, it's Montana, it's Brady. Yeah, I have a hard time saying, oh, yeah, to me, like it's very similar to oh, look at all the Super Bowls that Joe Montana won in the 80s. Mm-hmm. If in 1983 the 49ers traded Joe Montana to the to the Colts for the first overall pick, and they had John Elway, mm-hmm. do the Niners win more or less often? Yeah, probably about probably the same. Probably about the same. Yeah. So I just have a hard time with that. Well, the Elway thing is is it obviously would have been purely nonsense. Like if he never got his two, right, Craig? It, it would just be like like it's well, I guess obviously Marino. Marino's the guy right now, right? We're we're Marino. We don't even talk about in these conversations because he didn't get his Super Bowl. And it's it's horse, right? Like if Marino right. played in this era with the with like with his quick release, forget about it. He'd be shattering his own like fucking like uh, his own records. Like it's it's just it's ridiculous, right? It's it's yeah, but like I I like I still maintain that I I think we have to give it to Brady. I think you have to consider him the great of greatest of all time because I think you have to take those four guys. I think you have to consider them equal, and then unfortunately, I think you have to use fucking Super Bowls as the tiebreaker period like i think that's just 
what it is for me because I think I think those four that Mount Rushmore that you mentioned there I think those four guys are just are just equal in more or less right and then and then I'm just using stupidly I guess um, Super Bowls as the tiebreaker um, I'll tell you I didn't like Tom Brady's stupid little oh I don't like to be called the goat you know, it makes me cringe. I'm like, you fucking sycophant. Like, God, I hate Like, he, he's the worst. He's honestly the goddamn worst, though, too, right? With his, like, kissing his son on the lips and kissing Robert Kraft on the lips and kissing Bill Belichick yeah. on the lips and and just, like, God. And, 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 and him just being like, oh, I don't want all this praise. I don't want I don't want it. I just don't want it. I'm just here. I'm just here to play football. I'm just here. I just want to play football. I just want to be Tom Brady. I, you know, I just, I just want to play Fuck you, man. Like, it's just, God, he's just, it's, oh, it's so unlikable. I just, God, I hate it. I, I, it's so much. And when, who, who's his, uh, Brian Hoyer's his backup, right? When Brian Hoyer, like, two days before the Super Bowl started, had some quote where he just said Tom Brady is, like, the most relatable guy. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's so relatable. The ultra-handsome quarterback with billions of dollars who left his, like, who left his wife, who was on a TV show when she was eight months pregnant for a Brazilian supermodel. So relatable. We all know a guy like that, right, guys? Yeah, just, God damn it. Like that, and just the whole, like, you know, we're still here and stuff like that. And, like, we're the underdogs of this game. Uh, like, that is just the worst parts of this whole Patriot, like, thing. It's just, and, and the Potato Face fan base, obviously. It's just that stuff is so sycophantic it's just god damn it that is it that is impossible to root for it really is i learned something about myself in the super bowl though because i i i my my hatred for the city of los angeles apparently uh exceeds uh my hatred for this patriots dynasty and and the aforementioned sycophant tom brady because like (laughs) at a certain point in that game i was just flat out rooting for the patriots because i'm just like you know what fuck los angeles and and there there are three people in the chardonnay bar who are probably like oh i guess we're playing in the super bowl right now hmm (laughs) i can't wait for the commercials to come on so i can see that funny cardi b pepsi ad hmm (laughs) yes oh god um I think the most overworked joke of the Super Bowl was probably the uh todd Gurley ran for more yards in the nfl 100 commercial than uh than, than he did in the game or whatever that that was the joke that basically everybody on planet earth made at once although that was a good commercial i really like that uh, it was quite good yeah i really like what was your favorite commercial of the super bowl bill i think that one was probably the most fun mm. i agree yeah. i think i think i think that was it uh what say you craig um i don't know like what, 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 what's yours Oh, uh, the NFL 100 commercial, I think, I think was my favorite. Yeah, uh, that, that, that was pretty incredible. Uh, Backstreet Boys one got a lot of reaction on my party. That was fun, yeah. Of course, anyone from our generation, we will always be like, oh my god, the Backstreet Boys! Ah, <laughs> oh, god. All right, so I think that puts a capper on, uh, on Super Bowl 53. Um, before we get out of here, let's take a look at um, the odds to win the next year's Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, coming out the gate, the New England Patriots, six to one odds. I say jump on it right now, guys, because uh, <laughs> it's not going to get better. <laughs> like as the month goes, like they're they're not going to be uh, they are not going to be lower than six to one. So I, I say you just take the Patriots now. Although, I mean, what 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 do you think the Patriots started this year with? I'd say they were around the same, six to one. And you take a, would... you know, a loss to Miami, some of those stupid losses they took. You don't think that? Uh... 
they were that went up they were never not going to make the playoffs though i mean maybe uh, yeah. i mean there, there was the one week where the uh i believe the texans had the two seed and we're going to get the bye so that might have been the best time maybe you would have seen the patriots at like 7 to 1 8 to 1 or something like that so possibly i wasn't smart enough to jump on that sort of a thing but uh I still maintain that the Patriots were just sandbagging the entire year. I, like they're just they're absolutely sandbagging. Um, Chiefs are seven to one. That could be somewhat juicy. Rams at eight to one. I'm I'm I'm. That is a very bad bet. I think that is a very bad bet. Um, the Rams. I'm not. I'm not going to say that they're not going to get back to the Super Bowl with uh, Sean McVay as their head coach. I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe he's the Marino of coaches, where he gets there early and then never gets back there again, and is chasing it the whole time. I hope not. But uh, the Rams at eight to one odds, I think, to me right now, from where I'm sitting, that I think that would be a terrible bet to make because they pushed all in this year uh, with the Sioux contracts and the whatnots. And those guys aren't going to be back, and I think that they're going to be slightly worse. I think this Jared Goff thing kind of lingers, and uh, we all know about that Super Bowl hangover that applies to every team not named the New England Patriots. So I, I'd be I'd be very leery of betting on on the Los Angeles Rams next season. What say you, Craig? Yeah, so would I. The, the roster's going to look all, the, very, very different, especially at defense. Yeah, I just that eight to one is is I'm looking at that. That's the worst bet on the board right now. I'd rather. You go take a shot on any of the like teams in the twenty to thirty range. Um, yeah, the Rams at eight to one is awful. Um, Saints at ten to one. I'm um, perhaps I'm, uh, I'm I'm a glutton for punishment, but perhaps um, perhaps the Saints ride this. Perhaps they, they they wear that awful call like a suit of armor into next season and just are out for blood. Uh, the Bears at fourteen to one. Maybe I'm not really. I'm not ready to check. Uh, I'm, I'm not ready to trust Mitchell Trubisky with with my money just yet. Um, Greg, you had some opinions on the Colts. I I truly believe that this is uh, this is the best bet. Nineteen to one on Pinnacle right now. Uh, the Colts have a ton of cap space. They have the Jets' second round pick. They've got obviously their quarterback locked up. Another year of Frank Reich's offense, and they are in a division where I am unsure about the capabilities of some of the other teams to compete very well going into next season. I understand that I'm pretty bullish on the Texans, but I'm not so bullish on some of the people making the roster choices there. I feel a lot better about the Colts. They and here's the thing: the the, the Saints. Obviously, the last two years they've had some bad breaks in the playoffs, obviously, but they had that one incredible draft where they get Lattimore and they get Camara. Mm-hmm. And they get Ramchek, and they get they they've had a couple of really good drafts in a row. The Colts have done the same thing. They go out this pe- this past year, and they get Quentin Nelson, all pro guard his first year. They get Darius Leonard. They, they the, the Colts have had a few good drafts in a row here. They get another above average receiver to complement Hilton. They are going to be in a really good spot. They tried to go bargain basement this year. They lucked out with Ebron. They lucked out with a few other guys. They've got a ton of cap space coming their way. Yeah, I think if Eric Ebron repeats what he did this season, and the, uh, this season is not just a, a weird outlier for the rest of the season, then I'll be truly pissed off, I think. Like, <laughs> just just truly pissed off. But if this was just, like, a one-year anomaly, sure. Whatever. Um, 
I'll tell you, Bill, uh, the the like the Colts at sixteen to one is interesting. The 49ers at sixteen to one is very interesting as well. A little bit of cap space. They're gonna have the second overall pick. Garoppolo should be healthy, although the knee injuries do tend to be a uh, two-year injury. But yeah, at least um, slow for a bit. But sixteen to one for the 49ers, uh, from where I'm sitting right now, might be worth a uh, five spot or or just a little little something something. Um, Packers at twenty to one, maybe if you feel like uh, you feel like Aaron Rodgers just might just go crazy. Uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> Cleveland Browns twenty two to one. Wow. Good on you, Cleveland Browns. I mean, like, what what do you say at this point? Uh, that that's fantastic that they're twenty to one. Oh, and sixteen two years ago, twenty two to one to win the Super Bowl next year. But uh, I think that's a bad bet because I don't think there's any chance in hell that the Browns win the yeah, Super Bowl like next that. year. But they're going to be entertaining as fuck next there's year. There's a few Flyers year. I like more than that one, yeah. Yeah, but like, but like the the like you know how they they have like uh like like Bill Simmons always does the thing at the beginning of the season where he says like uh, you know these are going to be the quote unquote league pass teams where they might not be you know like title contenders but they're going to be fun as hell to watch the cleveland browns are going to be number one with a bullet next year as yeah. like the quote-unquote league pass teams for the nfl um craig i want you to bet all of the unders on the cowboys again next year promise me you won't get gun shy and you and you will you will you will take on the on the on the on the cowboys next year I, re- I really think you should try to. I'll have to see what the line is, but well, yeah, once we get it, but I'll like... probably t- I probably wind up taking the under. They I they think... had literally everything go right this season, yeah. and they they still barely covered. So yeah, I I, I, I think you should look at. It. Other than that, I don't know. Do you see you guys see any other juicy ones? I think I think the Colts and the Niners. I think the if I if I were to play some bets right now, I think Colts, as Craig suggested, I think that sixteen to one's a beauty. I like that Niners sixteen to one as well. The Saints at ten to one, I I also like, and then like the Patriots and Chiefs, I like. I think those are I think those are going to be the teams next year, to be honest. Chargers are up there. They could they could make a run. Um, yeah, Chargers sixteen to one, but they're just going to do the same thing they did last year, right? Where they I think they're going to have a really good season. We're going to talk ourselves, and we're going to say Philip Rivers yeah. deserves to be talked amongst, and then they're going to lose the Patriots again. Hmm. Yeah. But the Ravens, you think the Ravens could upset thirty three to one? For the Ravens, um, I'm gonna need Not to see. Problems. Yeah, I'm gonna need to see more from Lamar Jackson before I start yeah. trusting him with my money. Because uh, now they wouldn't have got to the playoffs without Lamar Jackson, but just we haven't seen enough of him with the arm. I mean, but that defense just was playing shutdown football for the last few weeks there. I don't. Yeah, they absolutely were. I don't like seeing the Broncos and the Lions next to each other at sixty-six to one. Craig, I gotta say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little concerned by that, but I, I understand why. Well, it's a rebuilding year. skepticism about the offense. Yeah, it's a rebuilding ish year for your team, though, right? Like, but if you have one good draft, you could be right back in there. Um, whereas my team, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> God, just perennial, perennial losers. Uh Miami Dolphins at 100 to one. <laughs> They're the only team. They got the worst odds in the league. That doesn't make sense. It's got to be worth. Like the Raiders should be there with them, shouldn't they? Like, yeah, like you're getting paid out 33 times more for Miami over Raiders. Are you? I mean, they're both garbage. Yeah. But like, why is is is? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, that's weird to me. But again, I don't set the odds. But Dolphins. Why? Why the Dolphins are 100 to one and not in that same crop with the other teams that are 66 to one 
Do you that, actually uh, find any action there? Do you think like a bunch of Dolphins fans just end up putting five bucks on their team? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Huh. That happens. Like, I don't think it's significant enough that Vegas is like, oh man, <laughs> we're going to get that idiot Miami Dolphins fans yeah. money. But like, it's but just it's, this line. It, but it's there, right? Like, yeah. like I, I would say the biggest in terms of what you're suggesting the biggest Vegas sweat of recent memory, ironically, came from the Vegas Golden Knights in the National Hockey League, who made the who made the Stanley Cup Finals last year out of nowhere, and all we saw on the internet were people holding up their their like were the citizens of Vegas just holding up their tickets, going like <laughs> like like frantically finding their their tickets that they had like two dollars on when Vegas had the longest odds to start the season, like they were like two hundred to one or something to win the Stanley Cup. And then they were all of a sudden in the finals, and and uh, uh, luckily for Vegas and for well, just for the Vegas books, but not the actual city, um, the the Capitals prevailed, and we don't have to listen to bullshit Ovechkin takes for the rest of our lives. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, guys, I think that's it. I don't have I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything else that's 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 pressing before we uh, before we call it a year? No, I think we covered most of it. All right. Well, Craig, Bill, as always, I mean, just this is this is one of my le- like I love doing this pod, but it's one of my least favorite pods of the year. It's the longest possible time before more football, you guys. I mean, we got we, we got till September. I mean, we got plenty of stuff to tide us over. Like Game of Thrones is going to be back soon. Tons of comic book movies in the summer. I mean, we're, we're going to be fine here, but uh, I'm going to be fine. I'm gonna be fine. I mean, I mean, maybe. Are you trying to convince Pierce? I know. I'm trying to convince myself. I don't know, but but uh, I I think I'm gonna be fine. Um, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com/slash/crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com/slash/crossoverpodcast. Um, at Empire Six is the Twitter account. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, please download, but you don't necessarily have to listen to us go on about football. Um, Craig and Bill, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss you guys. Uh, Bill, you got you're you're gonna be back on. I'm gonna force you to come back on to talk a little Game of Thrones once that show gets back. And Craig. I can do that. Yeah, and Craig, you're gonna be you're gonna be on because uh, obviously we need to uh, like March Madness will be be uh, here before we know it, and then uh, we'll get to uh, talk about the uh, NHL playoffs because your team is gonna hopefully make at least a deep run, and also we're gonna get to come on and crow about um, how right we were about the Anaheim Ducks and how crappy they were gonna be this this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they scared us a little bit with that. John Gibbons scared us a little bit with that unconscionable month that he had, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, they, they seem to have settled back into who we thought they were going to be. So uh, so there's that. So uh, you, you guys will be back on this podcast. We, we won't have to wait till football season to hear from you guys again. So so that's good. Um, next week, uh, look out for our Titans podcast. KB and I are going to record that uh, later on this week, and then we'll get it to you probably Monday next week. Um, so we'll be back on the comic book side next month or next week. And, uh, after that, I'm going to watch, I'm going to plow through the Punisher and then, uh, we'll do a Punisher podcast. So a couple weeks of comic book stuff coming up. So we'll give you a little break from the sports stuff. Craig needles, Bill needles, as always, thanks for everything. Thanks for doing the, doing this with me the whole season. Uh, and, and I can't wait for next year. It should, should be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, uh, thank you guys. And, uh, we'll talk to you. Yeah. Next thanks. Time. Yeah. All right, have a good one, everybody.